Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll ask you to remain standing, but um, take just a moment, please, to uh, speak a a prayer in your heart to the Lord uh, for the message as, as I preach it and as you hear it. Amen. Our text today is from the, uh, our second reading, the epistle lesson from 1 John. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. This is our text. Did you get the idea that the apostle is trying to tell us something? Something big. Something important. Something good. That we are the beloved children of God. Now, that's not a new revelation to us, I know, but but it's a a very big part of this first letter from the Apostle John. And as he uses that word, beloved, he wants his readers to know that they, that we, are loved not only by God, but, but also by John. It was his love for the original readers that, that prompted him to write and, and prompted what he wrote. And what he wrote out of love for them is just as beautiful and just as beneficial for us today. You know, two of the three instructions that he gives to his beloved readers are instructions that we, in turn, should love one another. I'll have some more to say about that later. Right now, I want to focus on the first admonition that he gives, which is, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Test the spirits. I was immediately drawn to that verse because of our our ministry celebration this weekend. How blessed we are to be part of a congregation and a school that tests the spirits, that knows the Spirit of God and is is guided by the Spirit of His Word. Because there are so many false prophets in our world today. And we need to know that those false prophets will not receive a hearing here. Like the, uh, the man from Ethiopia in today's first scripture reading, we need to be guided by God's Spirit to understand His Word so that we can test the spirits. Maybe uh, to begin, we should define our terms, two of them anyway, and, and these are in your sermon outline. A spirit is something that you can't see, but it's still real. 
It's still there. John was talking about the spirit within people that, that prompts them either to, to lie or to tell the truth. And I'll also be using that same word to talk about the spirit of our time. Girls and boys, you know what it means to test. When your teachers give you a test, they're checking it out. They're, they're trying to, to find out what exactly you have learned. So to test the spirits means to check out what we see and hear by comparing it with what God tells us in his word to see whether or not it's in agreement with the scripture. We'll start with the spirit out there. That's what John really is addressing. Interestingly enough, the spirit that he was combating in his day is very similar to the spirit that's so prevalent in ours. I think it's helpful for us. Well, you know, sometimes I think when we listen uh, to the scriptures being read, and maybe especially the epistles, the, the, the letters, we think of them as, as being very theoretical and theological, which, which they are theological, but they're not theoretical. They're very practical. They were written to real people who had real issues in their lives, and they were written to address those issues, and that's what John's doing in his first letter. The church was being troubled. It had been infiltrated by false prophets who taught false things. And one of those false teachings was that Jesus wasn't the true and eternal God. They came up with a, a different theory of, of who Jesus was and, and how he got here. Some of them are also teaching that God didn't create the world, and their, their reason for that was they were saying that, that all material things are evil, and certainly God wouldn't be involved in creating anything evil. So John had to address both of those issues. And, and in our day, there are very similar issues uh, for us to address. First one that's listed in your sermon outline is that some people today, many people today, really believe that Jesus, in spite of what he says so clearly, that, that Jesus is not the only way to heaven. And probably for reasons different than in John's day, there are still obviously many people in, in our day who don't believe that God created the world. These days we hear things like, well, I'll pick and choose what I want to believe from, from various religions, which means that, that I'll let you have your truth, but you need to let me have mine, because it's narrow-minded to believe that the scriptures are the only source of true knowledge about God. But when we test those kinds of statements against Scripture, we see that they are not from God. And we know they are not true. And on this ministry celebration Sunday, I think it's appropriate that I remind you and assure you once again that the pastors in this church and the teachers in this school understand and accept and believe and teach the truth of God's word. And we do that without apology. And here's why. When you have the truth, you don't hide it, you don't change it, you share it. The truth is God created the world. Now we take that on faith, you can't prove that. 
And yet when you test that statement, you realize that that common sense and, and many scientific discoveries support that truth of Scripture. In the same way, we accept on faith what Jesus says, that, that he's the only way to heaven. But when we test that statement, we see that it also stands up. Sometimes we talk about it in this way. If a person is trapped in a burning building and, and the firefighters clear a path to safety, is that person going to complain because there's only one way to be rescued? No, of course not. And so we need to test the spirit of our times. To do that with the spirit out there. But also with the spirit in here. And we're going to start with that by asking ourselves, what's the perception of others about the spirit in here, about our attitude towards them. And we list some of those things again in the, in the sermon outline. A lot of them aren't new to you, but, but so many people think that Christians are always angry, that we're defensive, that we have a chip on our shoulder because of the, of the way that others treat us or sometimes ridicule our faith. Sometimes people say Christians are judgmental. Because we are against so many things that the spirit of this world embraces. Sometimes people think that we are arrogant. Well, if you're not one of us, you're not worth my time. By the way, there's a reason the screen is blank. I, I couldn't find any good pictures to, uh, to, to show an arrogant person. I, you know, I thought about putting a selfie up there. <laughs> But then I was pretty sure nobody would know that was a joke. So I, we'll just leave it blank. <laughs> and sometimes people also think of Christians as being loveless. Because we're not okay with just letting others do whatever they want or believe whatever they want. And what's so frustrating about that is that so often these are incorrect perceptions which result from our determination to be true to the scriptures and what God says there. Do you know what else is frustrating? That is that those perceptions are not always incorrect. The reality is that sometimes we have contributed to them by the Spirit in here. Martin Luther talks about that. You remember John said that, that there were those who didn't believe that Jesus came in the flesh. Martin Luther says this, For although people do not now publicly deny that Christ has come in the flesh, they do deny it with their hearts. That's the blank. They do deny it with their hearts by their teaching and their life. Now, I actually addressed the same thing in, in my sermon a couple weeks ago. And since I got to preach that sermon only on Saturday evening uh, because of the ice storm, I'm going to get a little more mileage out of it than that. It actually fits um, quite well with uh, what we're talking about. That, was, uh, that sermon was preached on the chapter before this one on 1 John chapter 3. But, but here's at least a little bit of that sermon. You know as well as I do that unbelievers aren't the only ones who commit immoral and selfish acts, who ignore what God says about what's right or wrong. 
You've seen it in yourselves and in other Christians just as I have. And so it won't work for me to stand up here in this big pulpit and for you to sit there in your comfortable pews and say, yeah, preacher, let them have it because we've decided that the world out there is so evil, which it is, John tells us that. But the truth is that evil has also infiltrated and infected us. Too often we are influenced by that world. John says, and this is what was the text um, two weeks ago, John says that the world does not know us. But we have to admit that there are times when this world certainly does know us and would welcome us as one of its own. Times when we are no different from others, but blend chameleon-like into our habitat. Okay, that was two weeks ago. In the context of this sermon, what, what that says is that too often the reality matches the perception that others have of us. But here's another reality. We are not satisfied with that. We want to do better. We listen to Jesus in today's gospel lesson when he encourages us to abide in him, to remain in him and his word so that we can bear fruit in his name and to his glory. So here's the reality that we want to see in ourselves. That is that we are not angry but joyful as we rejoice in the love of Jesus no matter what anybody else thinks of us. That we are not judgmental but tolerant. And this takes a little more for us to think about, I I think, because what it means to be tolerant truly is to accept all people as those loved by God. And here's what doesn't sound quite right, but it is that we accept all people as those loved by God regardless of how they live their lives. Of course, we recognize that the, the challenge is to distinguish between accepting someone as they are while not approving of everything they do. In that way, maybe we won't be seen as arrogant, but instead humble, willing and and eager to serve others so we can point them to Jesus. And the people sitting in these pews can tell you how that works. We can tell you what a great privilege it is to be able to serve the Lord by serving his people. We have three excellent examples of that that we're giving some special um, honor to today. Mr. Bender, as he leads our faculty in joyous and humble service of the Lord. Mrs. Mueller, where'd she go? Mrs. Mueller, as, as she's in the trenches, I mean the classroom, as she's in the, as she's in the classroom daily demonstrating to her students what that means. And Pastor Kaiser, as he walks the hallway of our schools, leads our our school chapel services and, and proclaims God's word from this pulpit. All of them joyfully, humbly serving the Lord so that each one of them and each one of us can be seen not as loveless but as loving and that brings us back to the very beginning of the 
of the sermon, what, what John said there. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And beloved, if God loved us, we also ought to love one another. And see how this works? It all starts with God. Love is from him. He first loved us. We can be loving because love is from God. His love fills our hearts and and spills out into our lives. We can be loving because God so loved us. That's an interesting contrast that that John sets up for us. I don't know if this is all that he meant by it, but, but he said if God so loved us, we ought to also be able to love one another. And I think of it in this, in this, this way, at least one way. What, what a huge gap there was between God and us. How different we are from him, and yet he was able to love us. And since that is true, should it also not be true that, that we are able to love one another, we who have such a, such a narrow gap between us because we are so much alike. We can be loving because we are loved. Remember? Beloved, test the spirits. Beloved, let us love one another. Beloved, God loved us. We also ought to love one another. Love. That's the spirit. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.